What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and I am excited to be bringing you this conversation today with Jason Grunberg, who is the GM at SalesThrough. Jason's story is awesome. He started out on the content side when he joined B2B, and he has elevated his career up through the C-suite and now the GM for one of the top ESP solutions in the game. He's got a lot of conviction around content and its role and shaping future leaders. And so we get into that. Excited to share this one with you. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the follow, subscribe, all those buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm excited for this conversation. Seems like we we have been back and forth trying to plan this one with schedules and everything for quite some time, but excited to be here. Today's topic, before I introduce the guest, today's topic is content marketing is creating the next wave of marketing leaders. And here with me to talk about this is Jason Grunberg, who is the GM at SalesThrough. I think he's got a fun story to tell uh, regarding this, and we're going to get into it with a bunch of other stuff regarding content and marketing leadership. But without further ado, Jason, welcome. How are you? Thank you very much, Brad. It's uh, great to be here. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day uh, down here in Raleigh and uh, life is good. So excited to have a conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I've got, I stepped out for lunch, got some sunshine here in Indianapolis and it's just nice uh, that good weather is finally hitting. Maybe we start here. Uh, let's talk about sales through. And I wanted to hear uh, like what's going on at sale through the latest and greatest. I think I remarked based on the last time we chatted we, I used to work at Exact Target, which was a competitor of sales through back in the day. And it was always, I just remember it being very competitive when we were ever head to head with you guys. And we were, as the marketing guy, I was scrambling to get content together uh, for our, our sales team whenever we were uh, working a deal against you. But it's been a while. So I, I'd love to learn about what's happening in your world at sales through. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, I'm, I do remember when I first joined SailThrough, like the week before, uh, there was an article in VentureBeat and the headline was exact target, like meet your like newest, like best competitor SailThrough. And it really got me amped about what I was about to embark on with the organization. And so I've been there for just over nine years, uh, which I think in VC tech world is like a, a complete lifetime because um, most people don't spend nine years at a single organization, but uh, it's been incredibly rewarding. And uh, most recently we launched an SMS product, which has been incredibly cool just to see the reception. And so for those that don't know sale through, we you know, focus on uh, campaign management and have been really well known in the email and personalization space for a long time. And uh, the product has been evolving to become far more natively multi-channel in nature, which has been something that a lot of our customers have been asking for, and we're really proud to be delivering it. Uh, one of the things that I love about what I get to do is uh, work with customers to say, all right, now this is how you're going to go out and use this. And so about 50% of SailThrough's customers are focused in media and publishing, which is not really where you think of when you say like SMS, right? Like we're not yet getting a lot of uh, messages uh, via text from publishers, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there for those organizations. And so we've been working with a lot of them to say like, here are the things that you should be testing. So I'm excited uh, for that to be coming to a phone, to your phone, 
in some sometime soon, although not an egregious number of messages, just the right volume, because that's what we like to help our customers do. But it's been um, that's been fantastic. And as always, just kind of uh, continuing on our journey of growing the organization and being the best of what we do for commerce organizations and publishers. I love it. So in that nine years, I would imagine, oh, I, I know that content and the role of the content marketer has evolved quite a bit. And I, I believe just in digging in on your LinkedIn profile, as as you started in it, sailed through kind of your role and responsibilities revolved a little bit, revolved around content in that, like getting it up and running and ramping it up, maybe discuss kind of your path and the the role content marketing has played during, during your time at Sail Through. Yeah, well, I, I'll actually go in the way back machine a little bit. So I, I started as a journalist. Um, so I was fortunate enough to attend Syracuse University and the Newhouse School and studied magazine journalism and public policy. And I was... I had the vision of becoming a political correspondent and I actually interned in at New York state and in New York state's assembly uh, my junior year. And that experience turned me off completely from operating anywhere near the world of politics. And so it was kind of me figuring out what I wanted to do with that. And I graduated in 2002. And so it wasn't really the best time for magazine journalism, um, or really most types of journalism, things were really starting to shift and uh, we're going into recession. And so I had to look elsewhere and I got a job in sales. I was a outbound business development rep where I had to make a hundred cold calls a day. And I lasted a year because I think the pendulum swinging from wanting to be a political correspondent to dialing for dollars was just like a little bit too far of a swing. And I started meeting with uh, folks in New York, which is where I grew up and uh, where I've been based up until we moved to Raleigh about two years ago. And I met with an agency and this guy uh, started his own agency and he was like, well, like, you know how to write and you know, you understand the fundamentals of sales. Like, congratulations, you're a marketer. And as I've grown in marketing, I certainly recognize that that's not quite true, but um, it was a great foundation. And so I spent my career prior to sale through on the agency side. And just given the background that I had in journalism, I was always really focused on the narrative. What is the story that we were putting out there? Not necessarily the words, right? It was how did an activation, whether it was an event or some kind of launch, like what was the foundational narrative and message that we were looking to communicate and how were we going to have that be accepted by the audience? And one of the things that I always drew upon was this, I I would say the fundamentals of journalism are actually really closely associated with the fundamentals of marketing strategy, where it's about understanding a significant volume of information, understanding an audience and their either emotional state or functional state, and then how do you communicate something that impacts that? As a journalist, you're not just thinking about telling a story. You want people to consume that story and have it kind of spark a internal narrative or kind of discourse with somebody else. Um, at least that's, you know, at your heart of hearts, that goal that you have. It's kind of the same thing in marketing. And so when I think about uh, what I was doing on the marketing side in, in the agency world, There was a lot that was related to content marketing before content marketing was ever a phrase that existed. And then 
I met the CMO at the time at SailThrough at a conference. And I also met their external PR agent. And she and I are still great friends and in touch. And she's like, you should really consider SailThrough. She introduced me to the CMO. Um, we hit it off. And he was like, what do you do? And I said, what are you hiring for? And he said, content marketing. And I was like, that's exactly what I do. And so really not knowing, but um, was lucky enough to have get, gotten hired. Because I think at that time, a lot of organizations didn't even really know what content marketing was, but they were like, we've got to hire this because everyone's hiring content marketers. And so I entered into content at a point in time where I could really define what it was for sale through. And so content played this important role or content marketing played an important role, I would say, in my entire career leading up to being at sale through. And then well, I've been focused on sale through for so many years it really, for me, has been about defining what content marketing is in everybody's mind, because I feel like so many content marketers enter into a new company and a lot of people still don't get it. It's like, are you a writer? No, like your job isn't a copywriter, but you get treated that way, I think, still in many cases. Are you a analytical marketer? Uh, yeah, in some cases, you, I think you certainly need to be in content marketing, but you're not the one that's like building pivots and um, going into cohort analysis and things along those lines. You might be, depending on how, what size of your organization is, but I think it's still kind of loosely defined. And I had the ability uh, and was given the platform, I think, as sale through as, as my career evolved there to demonstrate the power of what great content can do and how it can unite, be the force that unites marketing, sales, customer success, and product. And if you give it that agency, if you give it that ability to do those things, the projects that come out of that, I think are the most exciting things still happening in B2B. I love you. So, so much you said there. So uh, from what I heard, it was aspire, aspiring political correspondent to sales guy to all of a sudden I'm here in content and I'm doing content marketing. I um, mean, I think like so much of probably people listening, so much of what you said in this just unorthodox path to creating content is something that a lot of us marketers can relate with at some level. And the one thing that stood out to me that you said was just like this, you know, you, you have this background in journalism and this journalism mindset. And I think each of us are trying to, as you said, define what content marketing really is. And the more I've talked to marketers and leaning and leaned into trying to figure out what content marketing means across so many different types of companies and so many different types of uh, people in the role. I think it's this idea, and I'd love to kind of pitch it back to you. It's this idea that aligns closely with the journalists, and that's the, we're, we're here to investigate. We're here to investigate what's happening in, in our market with our customers and the problems and then on the other side of that, it's okay. Once we're we've we've investigated and we 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 come, we've got enough evidence and we've got enough thoughts and emotions from the, whatever it is we're trying to tackle. Then we begin to pursue this path of creating content and delivering it back out. So, I guess my question back to you is like this: this background in journalism, I, I think it's one of the things I'm seeing more and more in content. How much do you think it helped you? and shaped you into the kind of marketer you you ended up 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 to be on the content side? Well, I, I think it's important to kind of 
restate that I studied magazine journalism, not you know, news. And so I wasn't out on a beat. I was really thinking about, I would say more of the emotional state of an audience and what we could do, what I could write, how I could communicate a story that would maintain interest and um, have people either make decisions differently or think about something differently. And it's a different form of journalism than news reporting. And so what where that transitioned or how that translated into my work with content marketing was we started really challenging the personas that the organization had developed because I found that they were too functional in nature. It was like, you know, Donald doorkeeper or whatever it is, like, this is what he does day in and day out. And like, this is how he's going to respond to you. And it's like, well, like, what's he going through? Like what, like what's his state of mind? Is he super frustrated with the fact that like vendors keep calling? Is he super frustrated with this? Does he kind of typically hate his boss? Um, what are the reasons for it? For the marketer persona, you know, it's it's like, this is what she does day in and day out. And it's like, yeah, I don't really care about that. What I care about is like, how does she feel? What is she thinking about? And we got to this point where we decided that what we needed to do to have content really succeed was have an emotional brief. And so part of like the foundational development of content was what is the current emotional state of the audience that we're writing for? And how do we either change that or how do we connect with that and have them have it be emotionally, have our content be resonant with that individual at that point. And then, and this is where there was a project that we launched at Sail Through that was, uh, we just did its fifth version of it, which is called the Retail Personalization Index, which is this massive study. We did it the first year, I think in, uh, I guess, 2017 or 2016, where we researched a hundred organizations and created this top 100 list. So it wasn't really hard to get into the top 100. And this year we researched 500 retail organizations and we do a massive consumer study and then a marketer study. We do a ton of regression analysis behind the scenes to come up with this ranking and scoring methodology. And the reason why we've kept doing it is because the first year we launched it. And I remember this because my, I put a lot of our budget towards it. And our CFO kind of took me aside and was like, hey, like you're about to do this thing. And you're kind of like walking into the casino and putting all of your chips on this number instead of spreading them out. And my response was, well, look, our goals are, are hot. Like we have big goals. And so if I just spread my chips across the table, I'm going to lose. I'm not going to win, right? Like there's no way I'm going to hit the goals. And so if you're telling me that if this doesn't work, I'm going to get let go, I was already going to get let go if I didn't make a bet. And this is our bet. And so we launched it. And then we just started getting phone calls from organizations that we had been trying to break into for four or five years. And they're like, can you come in and take us through this research? Can you do a custom you know, competitive analysis for us? And everybody except for us was shocked. I mean, we were a little bit shocked, but this was, it was so powerful. And in the end, people were like, well, how did you know this was going to work? It was like, because I'm a marketer and I'm super competitive. Like I want to win. I want to be the best. I want to know when we do something, we are really good at it. And so we tapped into that emotion 
that like state of mind with the audience. And it doesn't matter whether it was about email marketing or campaign management, I'm sure that's tucked into it. But what mattered was we did something that people cared about because we thought about what state of mind they were in when they were going to be looking at this. And we've continued doing it because we now have organizations that call us and say like, oh, this is our internal benchmark for how well we're performing. And so that's when I say like content marketing, when given the room to fit, like to connect all these different functions can and will do that. Leaders and organizations just have to be brave enough to let it be something that isn't product led or like product messaging or a like product launch that does that. Because I think the reality is for most organizations, we, like in most marketers, you have so many competitors out there that are outspending you in some way or have this or have that. And like, you need to do something that's unique and product moats just don't exist like they used to. We have thousands of competitors. And so content to me is the differentiator. So I love how your point of view on just giving content the room to basically do its thing. I hear that and I'm just like, okay, well, as leaders and as people who are trying to push our brands forward, we need to kind of come from a place of abundance and play the long game. And we always love when big bets hit. Sounds like you had a big bet hit that is continuing to, you're you're continuing to reap the rewards. I'd love to learn, like I'm seeing, and I'm sure you're seeing it just, there's this kind of rise of the individual creator in B2B where uh, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Twitter, and it's individuals at these brands that are educating, sharing content, sharing ideas, and they're becoming magnets for your future customers. And so I think like there's this shift that's happening where, you know, us brand owners, we're going to continue to promote through brands, but really like the strongest distribution channel is really becoming the people at your brand. So I'd love just like you as, as a leader, are you, are you seeing this shift take place? And how do you think about just people within the organization and their personal brands and just how that can impact kind of content, content strategy, getting in front of the right people? Yeah. So I think we've made some really important shifts in B2B, which like the 10 year old playbook is just like lead magnet after lead magnet, gated content that people are downloading because there's so much of that out there. And it has been for some time, like for so long that it's just, it, it no longer matters. It's brand content. It's been polished. It's been designed. It's in some cases, I, I remember having dinner with, I think it was five or six of us in content marketing and like a VC brought us together. It was all different organizations like IBM and me from sale through and folks from B2B and B2C. And we we're talking about it. And I was talking to uh, this person at IBM who was like, well, you know, like it takes us like eight to 12 months to concept execute and deliver a piece of content, like a white paper into the marketplace. And I was like, what, how is that possible? And he's like, well, like the layers of approvals that are needed and everything. And I was like, how much do you spend? He's like, we could spend a hundred to $150,000 on a single piece. And I was like, that's egregious. And he was like, how about you? And I was like, 1500 and it takes us a week. And he was like, that's insane. And it just, to me, 
was so indicative of like, okay, this just isn't the way forward. Everyone's doing it. It's all being done in a different way. And like, it's ridiculous, but it went from this idea of kind of having just like traditional demand generation with heaps of content. Then I think we started moving into this idea of really focused on cultivating an audience. And now we're transitioning into this next age, which is about generating, I call it authentic advocacy. And that's where your people come into play because it's it's pretty inauthentic when it's brand to audience, right? Like that's like entity to mass segment. People to people is where it is. And part of this stems from, you know, I every time I look at like the chief MarTech superscape, what they call it now, uh, when I joined Sale Through, there were legitimately 500 organizations on that graphic. And today, what's it, 9, 10, 11,000? And so when you think about it, like the buyer, the number of buyers hasn't changed. It hasn't increased exponentially, like the number of solutions that are out there. And so I even think about email marketing, there's four or 500 solutions out there. Like there's no, no, no buying organization can actually parse through that. And so instead of even attempting, you go to people in your network who you trust because you trust people inherently more than you trust brands. And so it just makes sense that like the individual creator is this kind of next frontier. And where I think a lot of organizations are struggling is with how much control do you exercise over that and your people? And how do you how do you enable them and empower them to have voices? How do you teach them the responsibility of having a voice? Because not everybody un, like natively understands that. And what's effective and what's not? How do you measure that? How do you how do you think about like the referral side of it? Like I think it's complicated, but my recommendation and what we what we've done on our side. So prior to being GM, I was CMO of Cross CM Group, and we started launching kind of experiment pods with this, where we take three or four people who focused on a particular product and said like you're going to be our ambassadors and like we're going to hook you up with freelancers or agency or whatever it might be to help even identify like what is the opportunity for you and your voice here and what feels natural for you to be talking about in the marketplace and how do we also train you at the same time? And so we positioned it as this is a great development opportunity for you to actually learn this skill set. It's also a great awareness opportunity for you. And we recognize that us building your awareness might lead to you finding another opportunity, but isn't that great, right? Like that's to me what great leaders do. They help people mature and kind of graduate. They export talent and this is something that's continuing to evolve for us, but I think it's, you know, you, you, you see where it's going and this is just what the path's going to be. And B2C brands have always known this, right? Like this is why you have like the Venus Williams, uh, sorry, Serena Williams building at Nike, right? Like she's an ambassador for that brand and she's worth every penny that they spend probably a lot more than what they spent on her and that. And so I, I think this is where B2B oftentimes lags B2C, but 
the idea of empowering individuals to communicate on behalf of your brand, like that's modern content. I, I love it. And I think maybe 10 years ago, for thinking about ambassadors and content marketers, you'd never think that th- these individuals just seem like such a functional position, like create blog posts, publish blog posts onto the next blog post. But now we're seeing people who've come through content, someone like you become CMO, become GM of uh, a growing software business. I, I think I'm curious because I know a majority of the people listening to this podcast are of that uh, background content people. What traits do you think content marketers have that are translating into these leadership positions? Like what skills um, do they possess that make them kind of this next wave of leaders in B2B? They actually know what's happening, right? Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's both complimentary and very rude at the same time. But um, in order to create a quality product in content, you need to do your research and you need to know. And like, you know, either as an editor or as, as a writer, when you have no idea what you're talking about. And because it's, you repeat the same stuff over and over again. You don't have original thoughts. You kind of get them from everywhere else. And I think people who are doing the job right, like do their research and they understand what's happening and they are like, you might be in marketing, but you wonder you like to do this well, you have to understand product. You have to understand sales and the sales process. You have to understand the customer life cycle and a post-sale you have to understand like the broader market and the context in which you sit. You need to understand your various audience segments and who they are and what they do and what they need. And so it's a, a, a tremendous amount of information that needs to be synthesized to produce content that's effective and in, in connecting with somebody um, and having them kind of pick their heads up and ask a question or store that information and use it later. And That's part of, for me, the traits of great leaders, regardless of the function that they're in, where I think you see a lot of people move into leadership and they struggle because they know their function. They don't know their counterparts' functions. And leadership is as much about that. It's not just knowing your function. Like if you're a leader somewhere, you sit on the leadership team, regardless of what function you represent. And it's really important that you have the ability to have commentary on product, on sales, like on customer success and so on and so forth. And so I think content marketers, by the nature of what we do and we do it well, are natively building that kind of cross-functional and like kind of like complete organizational perspective that allows for that maturation into leadership. We're also good communicators. Okay, Jason, you've gone through a lot, covered a lot of ground, talked about your history, talked about just the rise of the individual creator, what makes a good content marketer and have that marketing marketing translate into leadership. I, I think I have a quite like I'm in part part of a lot of different groups and people are still trying to define this path for the content marketer on how to level up, how to continue to gain responsibility and gain different roles in marketing and not be pigeonholed just as kind of the person who writes blogs. I, I, I'd love for us to close out this conversation with maybe any advice that you have for any content marketers out there listening to. I'm sure there's not like a linear path to become a CMO, but what are the types of things that you would recommend to anyone listening who's looking to kind of level up their career and kind of gain some more responsibility along the way? 
So it connects to what I was just talking about of what I think makes great content marketers successful. And like this idea of understanding what's going on in a business outside of your own function, that's what it takes to create great content. And so that's, I would say, where you start. Uh, You stand out when you understand what's happening in product and why, and can kind of connect some of these dots or pull the threads together, as people say, or whatever, you know, idiom you choose to use. I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, it's this idea of just learning about the functions across the business in order to be better at your job today, but also prepare for the future. The second bit is because I think a lot of people still don't know how content, what what types of content should be deployed. Like, I think there's a lot of leaders out there that are like, well, we need to be, you know, blogging every day, or we need to be posting on social on all these channels every day, multiple times a day. We need to be doing this. We need to be doing that. It really is that micro of executional tactics. You want to focus on like, what are you trying to achieve? understand the goals of the broader marketing organization and the the organization at large and think about what can you do to contribute to success there. Maybe the challenge isn't top of funnel. Maybe the challenge is middle and bottom of funnel and you need to partner with product marketing to have a, 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 to change what, what the narrative is at that part of the funnel. Maybe there are challenges with customer retention and there's opportunities for content there. Maybe there are challenges across the board and you need that bigger picture project like what we did with the retail personalization index. But you won't, those ideas won't come, won't, you'll never develop the ideas if you don't understand what the pain points are and what the challenges that are being faced. If you're in this kind of order taker mode of just executing on content, then you're not, you don't have the information that you need to really make the impact and go from there. And whether it, whether or not it, you know, results in immediate advancement or not, learning those things and having that perspective will always set you apart. The people that have been on my team that I have like uh, always like most respected and, and and really enjoyed working with and learning from are the people that have spent the time to kind of get out of their swim lane and say like, well, like I'm seeing this over here. And so I have these questions, what's going on? Why are we doing this way? And could we maybe experiment here, there, or the other? And I think, you know, if you don't work in an organization that celebrates that kind of stuff, and that's what you want to do and you want to move, then make a move and find a place where that's the type of, like, those are the type of people who are celebrated. Understand what the goals are, understand where the pain is, and learn more about functions outside of what you do to come up with unexpected solutions. And my other bit of advice is stay. I think, I, I, I only moved into the VP position at SailThrough and then the CMO position at CM Group and now GM back at SailThrough because I stayed and I kept evolving and being offered those opportunities because I did the things I just was talking about. And there's a point where like, I, I think you don't, you can't just leave an organization to like pop into a CMO role. <laughs> You have to prove yourself there and um, outlast some other people and uh, do do the work in it. And so that that's part of 
what it takes to continue to mature in your title is kind of maturing in an organization. So many good nuggets. Hopefully you all had your notepads out. A lot of good information there. Jason, before I let you go, I'm sure there's a lot of things happening at Sail Through. You talked about the the, the new SMS product. Where can people go to learn more just about what's happening? Are there any pieces of content you want to promote? You are a marketer, so the floor is yours to plug whatever you got to plug. Well, you can definitely check out the Retail Personalization Index. Um, you can get all of that on Sailthrough's website at sailthrough.com. But to so much about what we talked about, just get in touch with me, uh, Jay Grunberg at sailthrough.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Individuals, connecting with individuals is where it's at. So um, give me a shout, happy to chat, tell you more about what we're up to, if we can be helpful, or um, if I can be helpful to anybody out there in their career and how things are moving, would love to do that. Love to hear it. Thank you so much, Jason. Appreciate your perspective and all the knowledge that you shared. You take care. Right, you too. Talk soon. I love connecting with members of the C-suite when it comes to content-related topics. Jason has a lot of conviction and passion around content's place in the future of B2B marketing. Ton of cool stuff, ton of insight from him. Go follow him and go check out what's going on at Sail Through. Most importantly, take care of yourself, take care of others around you. We'll be back, more Modern Day Marketer next week.